0: Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status
1: quo, advance their careers, and up level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D.
0: Simone.
2: Welcome, Warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. So, this episode's a little different than the way I usually do things. I guess it's the lazy days of summer. And I wanted to do something that was just taking it a little bit easier on myself, fill my cup a little bit and find a little joy. And so I thought I'd just have a chat with two of my most trusted and inspirational besties, and I often say that when you sit with warriors, the conversation is different. So this episode, I'm sitting with two warriors, Erica, who's a true wellness warrior, and Heather, a true creative warrior, and we're going to talk positive affirmations. So welcome, Heather, and welcome, Erica. Hello. Thank you. So let's just take one second and talk about the word affirmation, because I looked this up and it actually comes from a Latin word word. And I'm probably going to get the pronunciation wrong, but affirmary, meaning to make firm, strengthen, or fortify. And I love that idea of helping us fortified, that emotional support and encouragement. And there's so much good science supporting the impact of positive affirmations on our brain, including improved physical and emotional health, increased self-confidence and self-worth, and fewer harmful consequences of stress on the body. And positive affirmations can help in reducing the production of cortisol, the stress hormone. So there's so many things that we benefit from. And I think it's something that, is a fun thing and a worthy thing for us to talk about today. So what I did was I asked for all three of us to come with three positive affirmations. But the fun part is we didn't talk about it. None of us know what the affirmations are. So we're going to have a chat off the cuff based on what we hear. And I am going to go ahead and ask Erica to start with the first positive affirmation. And then we'll chat about that. And then Heather will give one and I will give one.
1: Thank you, Kimberly. It's always good when we get together and we can just sit and chat. So I'm super excited for this format. Um, I already feel
2: more joyful and have a bigger smile on my face just being here. Yeah,
1: yeah, me too. All right. So I like all three of mine. It's like picking your children. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start with something that I've been working on a lot um, and trying to stay focused on what's really important. So the seeds you water are the seeds that will grow. And I go have been going back to that a lot lately. Um, you know, we're all busy. We all have a lot of things. We're all, you know, powerful warrior women who have a lot of goals and families. <laughs> so you have to balance it all out and um, just doing a better job of choosing the seeds that I want to grow. And that's something that's been forefront for me. That's something I've been journaling on and asking myself if I choose this, what does it look like in a year from now? And do I like that look? And so that helps me, that question helps me think about the seeds that I would like to nurture and uh, grow into the future months
2: and years and of my life. Yeah, I love that. I think it's about intentionality versus mm-hmm. reacting, right? Because you yeah. said earlier, we're crazy busy all the time from every direction and deadlines mm-hmm. and I need this and so many have to's, right? Yeah. It can be so easy to fall into that and be like, well, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And you realize that maybe there's not a lot of intentionality behind the ways mm-hmm. you're spending all your energy and time. And you're right, where that time goes, energy flows. It's important to be intentional.
0: I I love it too. The seeds you water are the seeds you grow. It is that intentionality. It reminds me, too, of that, I guess it's a fable or um, Native American story about every person has two wolves inside of them, one wolf that is a bad wolf and wants to do bad things and kind of represents the bad things in your life, and one wolf that is the good wolf that represents Mm -hmm. the good things in your life. And, And the grandfather is telling the grandchild about these two wolves constantly at battle with each other. And the grandchild asks, well, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed.
1: Yeah, it's I remember that. Exactly it's like, like
0: this. It's yeah. the one that you give life to is mm-hmm. where you're going to see the growth and the blossom and the, and the good fruits, right? I love that.
2: I love it too. And I was going to go to you next, Heather, but now I feel like I have a mantra (laughs) or an affirmation that I need to jump in with. And this one is a challenge for me because we're always thinking about being productive and getting a lot of things done and juggling a lot of balls. And I remember seeing once the time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. And that is something that I find challenging all the time finding a way to think you know what it's okay to erica you'll laugh at this just be in the silence you don't (laughs) don't have to be reading an audiobook or accomplishing something or doing something you can just be in the quiet which you know is like one of the most challenging things you can ask me to do in the world
1: have you told heather what your homework is from me
2: No, but you can tell her. Erica gave me homework last time I met with her because all warriors need to reach out to their tribe and back on track and find their center often. And so I turned to Erica a lot and say, my center's off. Please help me get back. And she said, here's some homework for you.
1: Yeah, so it's something I've fallen off and I'm getting better at getting back on the train with is the journaling piece. And so I said to Kim, really, cause I know her so well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to say journaling, but that means with your hand and paper, not journaling in notes on phone or journaling mm-hmm. on a computer. And then I said, and what would be even better is if you didn't put your headphones in at night before you'd go to sleep and you actually journaled just with your notebook and paper and like just spend some <laughs> quiet time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's always tough for me because I, I do struggle with productivity and finding time to just be, or even to do something frivolous, because it yeah. feels like such a ridiculous luxury when you have so many things to do. And sometimes I'm committed to doing it, but it's like as I sit in the quiet, or I sit and decide I'm going to watch Netflix. It's quite loud, isn't it? The quiet it is, or it's like, well, <laughs> if you're going to watch Netflix. Maybe you should get on the treadmill because then you could. Some galleries, or if you're gonna watch this or or read that, except
1: productiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say your? Can you say your quote one more time? I want to write it down because I love it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: the time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time, and I think. You can say have a mindset shift, that you're not wasting time. But part of me wants to just be wasting some time and having that be OK. And I know Heather I saw you nodding when we mm-hmm. talked about productivity, and I know that's a hot button for you. Mm-hmm. I well, can see that you it reminds me of
0: your podcast from last week with the extreme mm-hmm. work model. We get so caught up in that extreme work model that I think we bring it home into our Mm -hmm. households and into our lives. And we feel like we're just having to constantly produce, be present. You know, what did I do today? What did I get accomplished? Have that. Checked off to do list.
2: Right. Can I really afford to take an hour and not produce something given Mm -hmm. I already have 10 pounds of things to do that I'm trying to Mm -hmm. stuff into a five pound bag of time? And so it is really hard, but I try to really use that affirmation at times and say to myself, this is something you need. This is time you are enjoying you are not wasting your time. You have to mm-hmm. fill your cup. And we talk a lot about that. Erica and I talked the other day for quite a long time on the phone, time that neither of us honestly had time for. And we both left saying, wow, my cup is full. Yeah. and that's. I,
1: I really, really like this. I have not heard this one before and I, I'm really resonating with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Good. Well, hopefully listeners are too. Yeah. All right, Heather, Thank no you. pressure. There, no those were two good ones. <laughs> what do you got? Well, I had
0: a good one that I thought was be a transition, but I lost the transition already.
2: Or did I steal it from you? <laughs> I think
0: somebody
1: stole it.
0: I did. Yeah, yeah, I think you stole you stole my I transition. Did. I was thinking about this extreme work model and thinking about you know what you just said. The time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. And I think a little bit about perfectionism. And especially as an artist, I feel a lot of pressure to be perfect, and yet Mm -hmm. art is not perfect, right? But when you're working with somebody, when you're working for a client, or just trying to produce something to make somebody happy, I think I get caught up in perfectionism. And so one mantra that I go to a lot, which was one that I picked up when I was in school for art, is progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. it's a simple one and it's a short one, but I have to remind myself that every time, no matter what, whether it's an art task or an academic task or something that I even want to do like cooking or something around the house, gardening, that I don't have to be perfect the very first time. I just have to see myself making progress. And if I'm making progress, that's all, I should be happy with it making progress, I should be happy with those outcomes and not having this expectation of perfection every time.
2: So it's what funny you, how you, how you talk about perfection in artists because I just saw a video the other day about mary blair who is a very famous uh-huh. disney uh-huh. artist she did most of the art and the characters in it's, it's a, a small, small world, world. Yep. and if you go to the contemporary hotel all of the walls have mary blair art on them and one of the most famous things there is a five-legged sheep and everyone always talks <laughs> about the five-legged sheep and it's kind of a funny thing and it's like a pop culture Easter egg type of thing people talk Mm -hmm. about a lot, but the video I saw today said the reason Mary Blair did that was as a reminder as an artist that nothing we as humans do is perfect. Perfection is not attainable. I think as women, as an artist, so many layers, Heather, of Mm -hmm. holding yourself up to almost impossible standards. So, I'm going to ask you to repeat yours again.
0: Progress, not perfection.
2: Yeah. To just, I've heard I, it as,
0: I say you know, it to remind myself, right? It's about progress, not perfection.
2: Yeah. I love that. That's good for all of us. And I think all the warrior women listening, mm-hmm. we probably need to be saying that to ourselves almost every single day to remind ourselves um, that it's actually enough. Mm-hmm.
0: I, well, well, and I would agree too, because we are actually always making progress, mm-hmm. but we're not perfect. And so then we Discount our efforts, even though we've made progress in whatever our endeavors are, and instead we should be celebrating our efforts because we're making progress. So
2: yes, I love that. Erica, say something.
1: This is a great one. I this one I often say also um, having a creative job, and I think Mm. for the audience, what I would pull out even further because I've worked with a lot of people that are looking for perfection, so they they're they are frozen they're Mm. stalled and to get people to just take those baby steps and not worry about the finish line to just start making the progress. And typically more often than not, the thing that's stalling them is perfectionism. They want Mm. to do it perfectly right, or they want to have the, you know, the perfect gear the perfect microphone for your podcast, the perfect this, the perfect that, before they can even begin.
2: You're exactly right. It can be crippling and it leads to inaction a lot of times, which doesn't allow you to move forward. That's how I've seen it. I've -hmm. had it with my podcast. I actually had to have a session with a coach to help me through why I was not... Able to start this podcast when I had done so much research and I was so passionate about the topic. And I was talking about it all the time. And all of my friends and people in my community were like, You know this, what's the problem? And at the end of the day, it almost got to the point where she said, Have you opened the microphone? I'm like, Well, no. She's like, Here's what you need to do all this fancy coaching. Open the microphone, turn it on, and start recording. Yeah. Stop thinking about what the outcome is going to be and just start doing the thing.
1: Yeah, the other thing is with some coaching I do with my with my designers, the other thing is it's never going to be perfect. We are growing in every moment of every day. We're going to look at a product maybe we designed three months ago and think, boy, I would have done that differently. And it doesn't make that wrong. It was a moment in time that
2: shows your growth, and we should always be growing. I love that. Well, we look at something we did before and we say, I can't believe these mistakes or, oh, that episode of the podcast, why did I do this or that? Instead of appreciating it for that moment that we were in.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's a design I've ever done on the market and I've done thousands of products over, you know, and I don't think there's
2: one that I would look at and be like, that is still perfect. Yeah. I, I think that about the podcast, I've done over 80 episodes and I've said before, I've had exactly none of them be perfect when I've listened Heather, to them after. As an artist,
1: when you look back at your paintings, they're beautiful. But when you look at them, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're like, hmm, maybe I would have done the lighting a little different or what, you know, what, yeah. I'm sure you yeah. feel yeah. that.
0: Always, I, I always immediately see all the mistakes or the things that I should have done better or you know, should have thought of this differently, should have pushed the colors differently. But I also think about like children,
2: mm-hmm. when they create, Yeah,
0: they're just all excited about creating and they don't judge themselves. It's later in life that they learn to judge themselves. We need as adults and people and human beings in general, we yeah. need that childlike exuberance yeah of just trying and progressing right progress not perfection. just letting go of all of this it's got to be perfect and somebody's going to judge me and somebody's not going to like it and it doesn't look as good as mm-hmm. the next person I think all people get caught up in that I think artists get caught up in it a lot because we're always being critiqued you know so that's part of it but I have learned to kind of look at my older work and say well that's where I was then And now I'm here. Well, right, because we're not saying don't improve or don't
2: get better (laughs) or don't analyze and think of ways because that's the learning, right? That's the learning you were talking about, Erica. Yeah. That's part of the process. That was a good one, Heather. Simple yet
1: really a lot. It is.
2: And in the spirit of piggybacking on that, I'll jump in and do my second one. And many years ago, maybe 30, I read a book by sark and she's an artist she really takes words and pretty colors and she said you are enough you have enough you do enough and i don't think i can get through a day without telling myself that unless i want to be really sad because every day tells me you have not done enough you are not enough you do not do enough and i have to constantly challenge that and battle that voice of the world saying, do more. What have you done for me lately? Look at what they have. You don't have it. Look at where they are in their journey. Look where you are in your journey, all of the things. So when I think of you are enough, you have enough, you do enough. I think that's really powerful, at least for me.
0: I like that a lot. That reminds me of one of Erica's mantras that she uses with us frequently, that comparison is kryptonite, Yeah, which was not what I was going to say, but I love that, right? Because we get caught up in comparing ourselves, what we have done, what we have accomplished, what we have, what we do. And this Mm -hmm. is saying, no, don't compare. Say it again, Kimberly, you are enough.
2: You are enough. You have enough. You do enough.
0: Right. You are enough you have enough, you do enough. You're perfect just the way you are. Stop comparison. The comparison is kryps- kryptonite.
2: Yeah. Um, and I, I had I an episode powerful. and I'll, I'll put a link to an episode I did called Comparison is the Thief of Joy, but it was definitely inspired by conversations I had with Erica because I just could not think of any way to look at comparison in a way that it helped me. You it's- know- That not enoughness. I think the battle for women and for many of the warrior women listening is the constant messaging of not enoughness Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. hear, whether it's at work or with your kids or in your family life, or you're juggling all the balls, not enough, not enough, not enough. It's never enough, no matter how hard you work. And then I'm like, you are enough. You have enough. You do enough. Maybe I can have more, be more, want more, whatever, but- That doesn't mean that I don't have enough. And I
0: think it's actually the opposite. Like I think, Kimberly, about many conversations you and I have, there is so much complexity to what we do as warrior women every single day, whether we're doing it for our families or doing it for our job or doing it in our relationships. It's not just a single thing that we do. There's multiple layers of things that we're doing and it's complex. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of the day, to maybe not be appreciated or to not be thanked or, to be overlooked, you know, at the workplace or whatever. And you get this feeling that you're not enough. And I would say shame on them. You are enough. You have enough. You have done enough. And we need to remind ourselves that. It's the short-sightedness of maybe those around us that don't see everything that we are doing.
2: Yeah, Heather, I damn near cried three times when you were just talking. (laughs) I really felt that. (laughs) You do internalize, right? Mm -hmm. And... I think it is so important for us as women and every person listening to recognize that it's easy to look at any one thing we do, which is the point you're making and think, Mm -hmm. well, maybe it could be more, but Heather, you use this term all the time. We're building cathedrals when we talk about our children, even our lives, right? We're building Mm -hmm. a life. And when you're building a life, it's easy to look at a brick or a window or a beam and think, Mm -hmm. well, is that the best brick or window or beam possible Um, and not look at the entire cathedral? And I think I'm all choked up because that's just it, right? Mm -hmm. That's just it. So everyone listening, please say this, you are enough, you have enough, you do enough. And if you don't believe it, I'm telling you it's true. So it is. So believe it. (laughs) So that's my second one. That's perfect.
1: I'll jump into the next one that I'm working on. Again, this is a, another one that is forefront for me. In my home, I do this um, to create space. So what I'm trying to do is to create more space in my life. And we just talked about how busy we are and everything, but I'm trying to. So there's a poet, I, I think you pronounce her name, uh, Yursa Daily Ward, Yursa, Y-R-S-A. So I believe it's Yursa. And if it's not, somebody can correct me. So uh, <laughs> she says... Make way for the unprecedented and watch your reality rearrange yourself. And what I've been trying to do is find more space. So, the way that looks right now is more moments of silence and more moments to walk in nature and nature bathe because it's beautiful here this time of year. To allow for the space and to not fill the schedule so that there's room for things to move in that weren't planned and then to not be stressed over. Is it working? That's very hard. I'm practicing, right? I feel like a toddler where I fall down sometimes and scrape my knees. But that's a current goal, to make space for the unprecedented, to make space for things to come into my life that maybe God wants to offer up. On the flip side, what I would always say when life is challenging I just quietly say I trust in your plan, God. But how do I allow for this plan if I have all the answers and I have all the scheduling and I have all the control? And I should not. And I need to allow more trust in a greater plan. So that's a that's a big goal, and it's this this kind of uh, quote by Yersa Daily is what I kind of have written down in front of me in my journals, Um, I'll say it again because it's kind of long, make your way for the unprecedented and watch your reality rearrange yourself.
2: Yeah, I love that. It's a different spin on something I've talked about before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. When I talk about overwhelm and burnout, I'll say, what do you have to say no to if you say yes to this? But what you're saying is, what wonders might I have to say no to? If I say yes to this, understanding that I don't even know what they are, I don't even have to know what they are, but there may be something that I'm going to have to say no to that I would be much happier and fulfilled with saying yes to, and I'm not leaving space for that. So, maybe it's not even presenting itself. That's, That's right. That's kind of what it yeah. sounds like in that. hundred really percent really profound
1: because you could come from a place where i know where i want to go and i know what's best for me but we only have the human mind we have great imagination but it's only so grand so what could it be it could be even greater if you allowed for the space for it to happen so unless they sit down and don't do anything we always have to be progressing and putting the effort in and the learning and growing every day But does my schedule have to be back to back like every single day with no moments for me to even say yes, Kimberly, to your point, to maybe something I should have said yes to and I just can't because I've
2: overscheduled. Maybe we don't even allow ourselves to see it Mm -hmm. because we're so blinded by what's in front of us. And Erica, you've said before that you have to pay attention to the periphery. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that had a profound effect on me when you said it. And I see smackings of that in this mm-hmm. as well. That if, you know, there's so much right in front of you going on all the time, how do you notice something on the periphery? Yeah,
0: can't. So. I love it too, because it kind of addresses control, right? Yeah. Like we feel most comfortable when we're in control of everything. But yet, when we're in control of everything, there is no space, right? Because we've got everything scheduled, or locked down, or taken care of. And I get most frustrated when somebody comes along and messes up my control.
2: <laughs> that's me when too, I'm like yelling at my family or whatever. I think it goes without saying that's a problem for me. Even an episode like this. I had to resist the temptation to say, well, what are your three things and what are your three things and how are they going to fit and who's going to go first and so forth. And when I do that, I feel more in control, but I also don't allow myself to damn near cry three times as I've done in the last five minutes and to really (laughs) feel in the moment what I'm hearing at the exact moment I'm supposed to hear it and feel it, not to prepare for it, but to just be open to it. So I think that is a lesson for all of us and we've benefited success wise in the traditional successful ways by being always prepared and in control and so that can be tough to let go yeah. of so that that's really a good one
0: i like i wrote it down erica because it's really good and i underlined space for the unprecedented which just That line right there, I could spend a long time thinking about, right? What is the unprecedented? What could that mean? And, you know, go down the rabbit hole. Just that. But then also, watch reality rearrange. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, that's the unprecedented right there. Reality rearranging. And to think about watching reality rearrange yourself. How does it end there, Erica? It says
1: rearrange yourself, which was a twist for me. Yeah, because I thought it was going to say itself.
0: Yeah. When
1: I first read it, so watch your reality rearrange yourself, which Herself. is I could spend a very long time.
0: <laughs> <You can't laughs>
2: I guess that that's why too. she's a poet.
1: I guess that's why she's a poet.
2: <laughs> well, and I love <laughs> what you said about <laughs> unprecedented. You said, Erica, we have great imagination. But we are restricted in our experiences, and you can't always know what you could be experiencing if you've never experienced it. So that unprecedented, like you said, the idea that regardless of how great our imaginations are, there is so much more potential beyond what we can even imagine if we just leave space for it, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Leaving
0: space. Yeah, my second one kind of fits with what Erica was saying trying to make space for the unprecedented and watch reality rearrange yourself, right? So it's something that you didn't expect. Mine, I just recently picked up from Danny's essays, which is a guy whose essays I subscribe to. He's an artist. He talks about art, but he was talking about what is a mistake. Like Mm -hmm. artists are so afraid to make mistakes. In fact, all people are afraid to make mistakes. Warriors are afraid to make mistakes, especially, right? Because we know, Kimberly, from your podcast, like we suffer more consequences as women when we make mistakes. They remember the mistakes
2: longer. Yeah.
0: Right. They remember the mistakes. So I'm going to read what he said. I love this. He said, what is a mistake really? Isn't it just an outcome that you hadn't anticipated? a variation from your expectation? And what made you right then when you set up your expectation, but not now? And I love that. That's like what Erica was just saying, making room for the unprecedented, right? Why do we look at it? It's a mistake versus like, oh, this is just a variation from whatever I had expected. And how do I know that that expectation was actually the right expectation? Maybe this variation is exactly where I should be, exactly what I should have done, exactly what I should do. Mm-hmm. I just, I loved that thought of, isn't it just a variation of an expectation? It's a great
1: reframing. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. And it's Thank not you. just art, it's life. don't yeah. you mm-hmm. think that the outcome you are seeing in front of you isn't the better outcome. You know how people always say, oh, I was driving and I was late. If yep. I wouldn't have caught that red light, well, maybe you would have had an accident. It's uh-huh. easy to look, hindsight is twenty twenty and to believe that the intended outcome was the better outcome. But how many times have each of us thought, wow, when that happened, it seemed like it was the worst thing? But it actually was the best thing that could have happened or, you know, God had my back on that, even though it didn't feel like it. How many Uh times have we felt that way? And yeah, the word mistake and everything that is wrapped around it, when really, you almost want another word that doesn't have all the negative wrappings that the word mistake has, when really... These are just unintended consequences and those consequences may or may not be better or worse. And maybe we shouldn't have had the intention we had to begin with and the outcome we have now is better. Happy
0: accidents, right? Yes. I love that idea. Isn't it just a variation from what you expected? I'm like, I love I that. wonder if I could
2: start using that when someone goes, oh, you made a mistake. And I could just say, oh, that's just a variation on your expectation.
0: Yes. I actually <laughs> may start using that. <laughs> I yeah, I feel it like it's powerful.
2: Now. Feel free, warriors, listening to <laughs> yes. use that when someone calls out your mistakes. I cannot wait to use it. I'm going to be know. looking for any opportunity. It's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> I feel it tomorrow. <laughs> yes, you're going to use tomorrow morning. <laughs> that. I think we're down to our third and final each affirmation, and it's been incredible. So let's get started with our final one, Heather. Why don't you get us started?
0: Okay. So the last affirmation is one that I go to time and again. I think when I'm thinking about the future, and I have hopes and plans for the future and things that may or may not come true. um, And I may be disappointed if they don't come true, or I may be happy if they do come true. And so, it's a a Bible verse that I like to go to because Mm -hmm. I like to remind myself what is faith, having faith in something, having faith in anything. And so, this comes from Hebrews 11. And it goes like this, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And I love that because I am a faith-filled person to think about faith being about things that we hope for. And being convicted that we're going to get them, even though we may not see evidence of them immediately, right? Yeah. Like it might not show up the way we expect it to show up. You might not get that job or that promotion. You know, I remember early in my career, hoping for a career path or being put in a particular city because that's where I felt all the opportunity was. I might not be there, but hope is faith in the conviction for things not seen. I just love that whole thing. And so I go back to it time and time again to remind myself, again, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. And if I can clarify that a little bit, I always think about this too. We don't see the wind, but we know that it's there because we feel it, right? We don't always have to see everything. I think Mm -hmm. as humans, maybe me as an artist, I'm always using my eyes and vision. And yet we don't always have to see everything to know that it really is there. So I have to remind myself, even though I haven't seen it, it's still there. And so I have hope.
2: Yeah, I love that because we joke a lot about how both you and Erica are visual people, your artists, Mm. and I am a person of many words. It may be almost ironic if you think about the fact that I have a son with autism who doesn't have language. Mm. And Mm -hmm. faith is that I know he loves me, though Mm. I won't hear those words. Mm. So I feel that he loves me. Even though he is not going to say that I know it. I know it as much as each of you know that your child loves you because they say the words or even when they don't say the words. But I, as a person of words, have to also have that faith and say, you don't hear it, but do you feel it? Faith is saying, I just know, I just have to know that this person loves me, even though they can't express it to me in a particular kind of way. Um, I know the wind is there because I feel it. And I'd never heard that before.
1: Oh, <laughs> I know well, that yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, like wow. I cannot follow that. That was a perfect analogy.
2: These kinds of affirmations are so impactful because they're just true, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they just are true. Mm-hmm. And I think and I like that. I think that's why I like this verse. It's just true. And so mm-hmm. just have that faith. So I will go next. I think Erica will be proud of me for this one because a lot of the things I'm working on, and you talk a lot, Erica, about things you're working on, quiet and stillness and just being, I'm super intense, type A personality, extra, extra, extrovert. And so being in the stillness, I hear a quote and I actually use it a lot. Be still and let it wash over you. Be Mm. still and let it wash over you. And I will say this. I don't know that there is anything I say to myself that has had a bigger impact on my happiness Mm. and contentment and peace than that. I go on vacations to Disney a lot. and People go, oh, my God, why do you go to Disney? So crowded, blah, blah. And I think to myself, if I go in and I think about the crowds and the lines and the noise and the cost and all of those things, all that noise steals my joy. But if I just let it wash over me, if I walk in and allow the magic to wash over me, it's like, no, that's your Disney. I don't know that Disney. The Disney I know is magic and music and joyfulness. And I try to think that when I go on vacations with people, I can go on a vacation with you, Erica, or you, Heather, or my mom or other people. And I always enjoy the vacation if... I just let it wash over me. And some of that's the expectations, right? Just Mm -hmm. throw the expectations out. Just let it wash over me. So the more I say that to myself, the happier I feel the more content I feel in my circumstances, however they unfold. And it's not easy for control people who want to always control things to just say it's going to be what it's going to be and I'm just going to let it wash over me. And that is something that I say a lot with the hopes that I will be able to do it more and more if I keep saying it. Be still, let it wash over you. Yeah, I really like that.
1: And
0: especially that one's perfect. The, and I especially like the be still. Part because I think in today's society, we have this frenetic pace that we're leading all the time. There is this frenetic energy that is around us, and just trying to find stillness and being okay with the, the
2: world's buzzing, isn't it? Isn't it? it just is, buzzing? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and then the let it wash over you, whatever. The one thing that you're trying to be still in is versus everything that's coming at you. I, at least I know I feel it. I feel all the messaging coming at me all the time, which is somehow telling me I need to do more as we started with.
2: It It is funny how they overlap a little bit. If you think Mm -hmm. about it, almost everything works together in ways that are really all about, you know, just centering and being more content.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be a good one to use. To be less reactionary Um, because if you're still and let the situation wash over you, that allows you to take a beat and see what sticks and see really what you would need to address if you would need to address anything. It may all just wash over you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. that. For sure.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot.
2: All right. We've got one more, Erica.
1: Okay. So... I I took a slight twist and I chose a song, but I really think everybody tends to have some type of beat in their life, some type Mm of uh, song that they connect to or maybe shows up in your mind when certain things are happening in your life. I know it does for me. And the reciprocal, I
2: hear the song and I'm like, wow, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the
1: one is, um, it's by Addison Road, and it's called This Little Light of Mine, which for years and years and years, this is one of maybe five songs I will go to when I just need a little moment to kind of escape. And it addresses so many things. Um, As you know, as warrior women, you're in the workforce or in the world, you're light can be very bright. My light is very bright. I have a very intense energy in a good way. At work, people will say you're one of the most exuberant presenters. You just bring a lot of energy. And, you know, sometimes there may be people who want to bring that light down a little bit. And sometimes I will bring my light down for others. And then I have to go get this song because you should Mm. not, listeners, you should not Mm. Uh be dulling your light for anyone else ever Uh,
2: that's so important erica it's really one of the pillars of the podcast and it is one of the reasons that i say welcome warriors and then i talk about our community because Mm. this is really a community of women listening and men with bright lights that want to shine and we need to surround ourselves with the people that appreciate and value that light I don't feel less lit up when I'm around you. I feel your light is contagious. And I want to surround myself with people who have bright lights. I don't want to feel like I have to dampen my light. And I would say any woman listening will probably say there's been a time where they have done that. Mm -hmm. So
1: then in the song, every verse speaks to something that might help me in the moment. And I'll just pick this one out. There will be days when you want to give up, when the clouds settle in. But after the rain comes the sun. Don't you ever forget. Yeah. There's that verse. There's a verse on hope. It just hits on so many pieces, yeah. um, which is why probably I come back to this yeah. song. I play this song often. Uh, I play it in yoga classes that I teach. This is a Shavasana song that I use a lot. Um, it's I go back to it often. Are we all
2: choked up again?
0: Yes. I just (laughs) pulled up the lyrics so that I could look at it and it
2: looks amazing. I'll definitely share the song in the show notes. And I was thinking about how every episode I end with a manifest statement and I wasn't Mm going to do that this episode, but the mantra that always guided the Advancing Women podcast Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. it's not your fault, but it is your problem. And it's about meeting life's challenges with empathy and What I love about what we've done here today, and I hope we do this again, Uh is it's a reminder that there are a lot of tough things that come our way, that as women, we have a lot of unique challenges, as warrior women, as ambitious women who have a lot going on that shine brightly, as you said, Erica, Uh a lot's going to come at us that's not really good for us. Maybe it's not fair, but it comes at us nonetheless. And so it is our problem. And I believe wholeheartedly That having these words and the narratives to flip the script on that negative self-talk, to have some words that we can go to, whether it's your song or the other words, and I'll share them all in the show notes, to have something that we can go to that reminds us. As I said in the beginning, fortifies us, gives us what we need to handle those tough challenges. So, thank you both for coming today with that great energy, with these great affirmations. I have totally loved having this conversation. Thank yeah, you. Thank for you
1: for us. It was wonderful. This was, really was very enjoyable.
0: Plus, I have a bunch of new affirmations. I wrote them all down. Yay! I did
1: them. <laughs> Same. Thank you guys.
2: For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at advancingwomenpodcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior, who wrote the music for this podcast. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior, who designed the Advancing Woman podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.